Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show's brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and cambay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at widemencantjump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. We're back. It's episode 74. It's the last night of the NBA regular season. Nate here with you as always. And joining me once again from the great country of Canada, the one, the only, Tim Dombro. I'm a bit like herpes, Nate. I, uh, you can get rid of me for a while, but I always come back. Who's trying to get rid of you? I'll beat their ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people from Uzbekistan. Ah, well, we'll go at them later. But we're back. It's the flagship program here on Wide Men Can't Jump. It is our 74th episode. Last night of the regular season, as I brought up here. And man, oh man, this show is as jam-packed as it can get. We've got so much to talk about tonight, Tim, and it's just, I hope we can get it all in in two hours. There's so much going on right now in the NBA. Let's go ahead and start we, at the top here. We will ram it in like Tom Robinson smashes back beers on an all-you-can-drink-at-a-free bar on a Philadelphia wedding. All right, you make a point. But <laughs> we're going to go ahead and start at the top here with the breaking news of the Los Angeles Lakers announced last night the Lakers have lost their best, well, I won't say their best, but they've lost their front office man. That's right, folks. Magic Johnson has stepped down as president of the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's, uh, let's take a look here at this update. This was the report from Adrian Wojnowski, Magic Johnson... Uh, let's see here. Let me see if I can find it here, what he actually, the big report that he put out. Um, I had it, and I don't know where it went. Because, uh, Tim, you and I were discussing it earlier. He apparently... Just, he must have removed it. He apparently is just not feeling himself. 
as the uh, GM of the Lakers. He uh, felt he couldn't be true to his uh, uh, his inner karma, whatever it was. It sounded like a uh, I, I don't know what's going on. It was a very strange statement. Yeah, very it's strange. been weird. Uh, this is it here. The Lakers staff is fully expected to be fired within hours of the last game of the season. Magic quits in public because he's too scared to tell Jeannie Buss face-to-face. It's an embarrassing episode for a historic franchise. We've got uh, Johnson stepped down as the president, and apparently he didn't last, he didn't last long as a talk show host. He didn't last long as the president of a basketball team. Didn't last long as a coach. So Magic Johnson is out, said he couldn't uh, – he wanted to go back to having fun. So I can see what he means there, but uh, – Yeah, but you – want to, You want to go first or you want me to go first? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback off I, you. I, 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 I will say this. I'm not a general manager of an NBA franchise. I don't know how much work it is. I'm assuming a lot. Pretty stressful, no doubt. But, hey, this is Magic Johnson we're talking about. I'm not talking about somebody who didn't know the inner and outer workings of a basketball organization. Uh, what I suspect we're going to find out more about this story, something else going on. Everybody seems to, or at least is saying they've been totally blindsided. Nobody knew this was coming. I mean, LeBron even is, I'm I'm totally shocked. The players are all, we had no idea. Um, Then, and I don't know why, I'm afraid to tell ownership that I'm quitting, so I'm just going to do it (laughs) on the sly. Uh, I don't know, did Magic Johnson lose his spine somewhere? Did did he have spine, did he have it removed? I think Johnson... Johnson looked at it as he thought with LeBron and this organization, he could get it done. Did he smell he the coffee? And, 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 and did, does he realize that he can't either? Well, he missed, out on exit interv- he missed out on exit interviews too because he quit before the final game of the season. So he's not an if, idiot. If, if he didn't suspect that maybe they, they just don't have the makings and he doesn't want to be part of it. But then um, you know what? I'm, Man up and say that too. I'll just say this when it comes to that Lakers or a situation, they're basically throwing everything away. Everything's getting tossed right now. Um, You're going to see LeBron James and a bunch of new guys. I have that feeling. Everybody's available to go. LeBron. I'm talking management, coaching, everybody. Everybody's available. That was a given, except for that Johnson would be part of it. I kind of thought Jeannie Buss would protect his. Behind in that, uh, I mean, considering what the uh, Los Angeles Lakers have done for Magic Johnson, that is one hell of a payback. It is. Um, just seems like uh, so much going on right now. I'll tell you what. Let's get an outside look at this. Uh, I believe we've got Lou. Lou, what we up? do. You guys act like this is, was like a big surprise coming. Am I the only one who thought that this that this wasn't supposed to happen sooner? I mean, originally he thought he was going to give this two years and see what would happen. If he didn't uh, think we would improve in two years, he'd be out. So, 
I'm not surprised by this uh, him resigning at all. Well, there you go, Lou, with the hot well, take. That's a total what, different what take. Uh, well, fair enough. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead, Tim. Well, no, I, I, I mean, I, I can't really dispute it in one sense, but tried out what? They, they, they haven't had a chance to do anything yet. Their team has been uh, between injuries and, I mean, let's face it, we all knew they were going to be a hot mess this year anyway. Yes. I mean, you I mean, can't really be, I mean, who, who is surprised by the outcome of this season? Shouldn't be anyone. Not me. No, so then you think I, I didn't think they would it. make it. No, you'd, so you'd think you'd give it at least one more year with a, a fairly decent draft pick and a lineup that suits His Majesty a little bit more than the one they have, and then maybe you jump, maybe you jump ship. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't think Magic Johnson was that big a quitter. That's all. It's, it catches me by surprise. That, that, that's it. That he did it. I mean, I guess. Maybe more the manner in which he did it. I don't know. But it, it it was not a classy move. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it was kind of yeah, all over the place. Kind of all over the place. It was one of those, I didn't see it coming. Kind of caught me by surprise. But, you know, the Lakers organization right now, it's been a black eye after black eye for the Lakers. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do this off season. Um, making moves and who they bring in. And right now, you know, the Lakers, everybody was talking about, all oh, this offseason is going to be big. They're going to have so much cap space. Right now, the Lakers don't have a guy manning the ships. They're down a captain. They're, they're basically, they're free yeah. reign right now. And who knows? Who knows who's going to step up? And with this volatile of a situation, you're going to have a new coach. You're going to have all these different things going on. So who knows who's going to step up, and is that going to attract the kind of free agents you want to bring into L.A. in the off season? Uh-huh. I don't know. To me, it's just it's not how. Regardless of why you wanted to leave, it's just not how you do it. No, you don't go to the press yes. and quit. You talk to yeah, your owner first. Yeah, didn't even first. have balls. Tell his balls. Yeah, you talk to your owner first. You tell your players. And then you quit. You don't do it and then let everybody find out about it on social media or the through the mm. media or whatever. That's just, yeah. I don't know. doesn't work well, for me, but. We'll see. Well, we'll see how it goes in the offseason. I, I need to talk to a couple Lakers insiders and see what's up. All I can say is it's a mess. Yeah, unless, <laughs> unless there's more to the story that we're not getting yet. Maybe. And that there he, could be. And that, he, and that he was getting. This is my other scenario is that he was getting pushed out and it was no no way are you going to fire me or push me out. I'll quit before I let that happen. So he quit. Possibly. Although that's still not a cool move in my book. No, it's not. But um, before, but, you know, the lake, we'll, we'll talk more about them later. I do want to bring up a big congratulations to the winner of our bracket pool, Mr. Matthew Dombrova, over 80 entrance into – this year's Wide Men Can't Jump Bracket Tournament Pool and Matthew Dombrova, Tim's little son, My boy. came out the win. Your boy, the That's winner. <laughs> he had Virginia winning it all, yeah. and Matt, he, right choices. He, he took the, uh, the immortal words of Jesse Ventura, uh, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Bobby Heenan, but either yeah. way. Was, was that uh, Heenan? I thought that was Ventura. Yeah, definitely nope. Heenan. Well, regardless, it still rings true. <laughs> it, it, it does ring true. But And then in our second chance pool, the where you got to pick the Sweet 16 on, we had a winner, Tommy Quick, from down my way here. Tommy Quick was the winner. So, Tommy, I know you're listening this week. You told me you would. Congratulations, Tommy. He's repping well, that new wide can't jump T-shirt right now. So, Tommy well done, Quick, congratulations. Well done, sir. Well done. Kudos. Because after my 45th place finish, I can say nothing. I got beat by my fiance. I have no words. But Virginia is the national champion. Uh, anything you want to touch on in the NCAA? The season is over. Uh, we may be able to talk a little bit tonight about some of the guys that have declared for the draft. I know R.J. Barrett has officially declared. John Moran has officially declared mm-hmm. for the draft. We'll see. Zion Williamson is yet to declare, but I think he will probably come out, something tells me. Um, there's been a couple yeah. of Kentucky guys. I re- did read a Kentucky guy was staying. Um, his name right now does escape me. Who said they would stick but, around for a sophomore season? One second, and I can find a more, it. A more related, slightly NCAA story, but slightly not. That, Ashton, uh, Ashton, Ashton Hagens will be back. Hagen, right. The, the great words of LeBar Ball and his statement about son number two and impending number one draft pick, Zion Williamson. Yeah. You want to go ahead and relay it? Well, I don't have. Do you have it in front of you? I don't have the exact. Uh, I can. I can pull it was, up real quick. Because it was something. Well, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it wasn't just. <laughs> it wasn't just a parent, you know, being proud. Of Stephen his son. A. Smith. It wasn't ass a nine. It was ass a ten. Ass a eleven. Ass a thirteen. Whatever. Here it, it is. It was something. Uh, even for Levar. <laughs> Levar Ball thinks D'Angelo Ball would be the top pick over Zion Williamson. Quote: He'd be the first pick, Williamson. He'd be the first pick. Williamson can't hold a candle to that boy. Why? Because he'll shoot the lights out, and he's stronger than Zion, end quote. He'll shoot the lights out. Uh, Okay. Never did that in college. Never did that in college. Couldn't even do it in Lithuania or Latvia or wherever the hell they were at. Um, And as far as strong goes, uh, boy, I wouldn't – I wouldn't put my money down on that on that rooster in the fight. Let me tell you. No, nah, me either. <laughs> I'm gonna take Zion every day. I mean, like uh, I said, proud, proud parent, but I guess he's he's kind of lost son number one. So now he's got to so, hitch hitch the wagon to son number two, I guess. So we'll bounce back to the Lakers real quick. Uh, I do have a little bit of news on them. LeBron James. And only one other player this season have scored 30 points with 10 rebounds and five assists in a game this year. Can you guess who the other player was besides LeBron James? Something tells me you can't. James Harden? No, no, on the Lakers. On the Lakers. Oh. Somebody who doesn't play there anymore? Alex Caruso. Joined LeBron James this past weekend as the only other Laker to have a 30-point, 10-rebound, 5-assist game this season. He was called up from the G League recently. And this dude, he's a great ball player, player, but he's got hair like mine if I let my hair grow. Uh, He he does look like a dad. He was a hell of of an actor with his brother David. Let me tell you. 
Very funny. <laughs> Good God. Nice try. <laughs> you you got something else. But, but. Say that again, Lou. I'm sorry. I think that was his third cousin. No. Yeah, it wasn't his brother. You weren't disputing the acting. It was the, the, the uh, whether he was right. his brother or not. All right, fair enough. Oh, okay. I, I bow to you, Lou. Your New Jersey wisdom. <laughs> yes. Well, guys, I do want to say, Lou, I I hate to do this so early, but we've got so much. Right. Yeah, we've got so many pre-recorded interviews and things we got to run with. We, we're not going to be on the show this we, week. Yeah, we're not even going to be on the show that much. We've oh, hold, we've recorded before, before Lou goes. Before Lou goes, yeah. one more thing, Lou, you're yeah. a baseball fellow, right? Yes. I think uh, I'm leaning towards. Might as well get this out here now. I'm leaning towards uh, trying to do something baseball related on Friday night. What time? I don't know yet. Um, I will put it on the. Tw- you got access to our Twitter feed. Uh, Check out the Twitter feed. I'm I'm leaning towards people keep asking about yeah people keep asking about baseball so I think we might give it a go or I might give it a go. Okay, so, here's some other time and you know I'll I'll do it. Uh, I would I hope it's like after nine o'clock though. Uh, it could well be because that's only seven for me. So all right, that's fine. So that's possible. We'll see how that well, works. There we okay, go, yeah, before before we go, I just want to uh, give a plug out to my show, the Enhanced. Go ahead. Sports show. It's Friday nights from six to uh, Saturday nights, right? Six to eight p.m. Eastern uh, Eastern time. Uh, we cover just about everything in the world of sports. So if you got time on Saturdays between six and eight in the East, dial seven one two seven seven five seven zero three five, and then the pin number four one zero one seven three and the pound sign that's just below the number nine on your telephone pad. You must dial the, you you must dial the um, pound sign, otherwise you won't get in. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you, Lou. We appreciate you jumping on with us, and always good to have you back. We'll hope to give you some more time next week. Give us a call. Thanks. We'll be talking to all the NBA playoffs you can handle next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Lou. Well, Lou joined us tonight. But uh, we got a little bit of a surprise earlier today. We were able, Tim, you and I, to catch up with the man, the myth, the legend. We caught up with Bigfoot. We did. We were talking 76ers with the man himself, Mr. T.R. Shock, Tom Robinson. Take a listen to what T.R. had to say in the 76ers minute. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back for my man, the one and only T.R. Shock. Tom Robinson is joining us right now on Wide Men Can't Jump. What is up, T.R.? What's up, you homeboys? Living the dream. Tim, T.R. is with us. Tom, that's my man. The The conscience of the 76ers, Tom Robinson. Yeah, right. Um, um, there's rumors swirling that if they don't advance past the second round, that I am the leading candidate for uh, the head coaching position. 
<laughs> I read the I read those on Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter page, and I, I can confirm. But uh, speaking of the Seventy Sixers, Tr, we've got this little segment for Tr right now. The Seventy Sixers minute. It's going to be a lot longer than a minute. But Tr, the Seventy Sixers right now, they are setting at the three seed. Not not going to go any higher. Not going to go any lower. With one game, one night left of the regular season, looks like the 76ers are going to be the three. Who they play still remains a mystery. Could be Brooklyn, could be Orlando. Um, I guess there's a possibility it could be Detroit, but it's going to be Brooklyn or Orlando that rolls into Philly for game one of the series. Philly's really good at home, subpar on the road. They finished the season here, uh, I believe, with one more game tonight. They play the Bulls at home, so they're going to finish with a sub 500 road record. Philly 76ers, let's, what's your what's your take on them? Who do you want to see them play? And what what's your thoughts going in? Well, first of all, you got to address a team that's supposedly an elite team with the second-best starting five in the NBA having a road record of 20 and 21, losing to uh, the bottom feeders of the NBA – seemingly on a regular basis. Um, I think the I think the problem starts and ends with uh the six ten point guard who just won't shoot and fucks everything up. I'd take I'd take anybody for him, like Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, of course that would you know never happen. But you know, I'd take a, a decent point guard and that team would would go to the second round and and quite possibly beat Toronto um there's a lot of talk is it Ben's fault is it Brett's fault Uh, a little bit of both I guess because Brett goes so far back with Simmons that uh, he probably doesn't coach him hard like his mentor Popovich would but uh Simmons fucking sucks you know nobody's Nobody's got the balls to say it. He's he's six ten and two forty, and if you saw the game versus the Bucks, Giannis showed him what you should be at at approximately that size. Dunked over him, threw him around. Uh, he was a non-factor. He, you know, I think he had six points. He had thirteen assists. because he turns his back to the basket anytime somebody's in front of him. He's already showing it like he did against the Celtics last year. Um, Tobias Harris has hit a funk. He's been a good player on bad teams. And now he's about the fourth or fifth option. And, I, you know, he came in like a house of fire, as a wrestling announcer would say. But, you know, I think last night at one point he was something like three for 17 from the field. Um so a little concern with him, but I think he'll pick it up. Uh, your most hated player, I actually do like, but he's. I think he's just going through the motions, meaning Jimmy Butler for first-time listeners. Um, because he's got a big payday so, coming from somewhere. And, you know, I just, I just wish that they weren't so – mystified by the Ben Simmons mixtape highlight film because he's not a complete player and doesn't seem to want to be one. Uh, He just wants to 
make ESPN and the national media, you know, and the national viewer will see, oh, Steele, Ben Simmons, he's in transition. He does a breakaway dunk. He's awesome, but he's really not that good of a player. Um, Joe Allen B is a monster, but his health is a concern. They just signed Greg Monroe. They have uh, Amir Johnson. They have Boban. They have uh, – who's the other side? They have Jonah Bolden. They have like a hundred centers, so that tells me that they're really scared that Joel Embiid is, you know, going to go out. Without him, that they lose in the opening round for sure. But um, and who else am I missing? Uh, JJ Redick, who I've said before the season, with 34 years and all that mileage on his legs. Three-pointers get hard to do because they emanate from the legs. And game 82, maybe, he's, you know, he's shown signs of fatigue. And if he's going to be playing all those minutes in the playoffs, get to the second round, it's not as easy under the pressure and uh, you blow up in wrestling terms in big-time situations. So uh, I don't think optimistic would be the word coming out of my you know, uh, diatribe today. But the the main reason for me is Ben Simmons. I, I would, you know, any any good point guard, not great, any good point guard I would take for him in a heartbeat. And wherever he went, unless he was going to Golden State, he will never win an NBA title. That's right. I said it, as Buddy Landell would say. <laughs> um. Simmons last night at 16, finished at minus 11 in the plus-minus. Monroe, uh, team-high 18. Uh, most guys didn't play a lot last night. Most of your starters didn't have starter minutes. Harris only played 20 minutes. Butler played 15. Um, you see the Heat blow out uh, the Sixers by 30 at at home for the Heat. In their last home game of the season, Wade had 30 as he went off. Um, so... Philly kind of just, you know, Reddick didn't even play and B didn't play um, for that. Tim, what, what's your thoughts here with the Sixers? We've been wanting to dive into this well, for a while here. What do you think? I, I heard that Ben Simmons was attempting three-point shots during practice, was quickly accosted by Joel Embiid, who said, you know, if you shoot those threes, you always miss them, and then people think I need to rebound, which I don't want to do. Jimmy Butler then got on Embiid's case, chasing him off, saying Simmons really does need to learn how to shoot threes. Where, uh, uh, and then uh, Embiid, running away from Butler, tripped over a sleeping J.J. Redick and a floor-washing T.J. McConnell and, her, and hurt his knee. And that's low now, management. Now that's a rumor. That's just what I heard. Yeah. Well, well, one thing I think would be very interesting if it happened, uh, depending on the outcomes of tonight's games, right now, if if the season ended as of right now without these games tonight, the Sixers would be playing the Nets. Don't know how that matchup would look. However, if the Heat beat the Nets tonight and the Magic beat the Hornets, 
the Orlando Magic could end up being the team that comes in to take on the 76ers in that first-round series. And how interesting would that be? Philly gets to play against the team that took Markel Fultz in round one. What, what kind of comeback <laughs> could that be? If and Fultz, Fultz breaks out play. as a superstar guide. Unbelievable. <laughs> Full circle, wouldn't it? <laughs> what do you, what do you oh, guys that, think uh, about that? That would be something. Yeah. Never I happen. put that together. No, never happen. He won't even but he, uh, Does he travel? Does he travel with the team yet? Uh now that I couldn't tell you. Let me let me dive in here a little bit. Well, was, uh, no, kind he's of not my, even been playing. He hasn't yeah, played since my, November nineteenth. That was my misguided uh, joke about the seventy sixers that I was trying to get the point across that I don't know how, how much of a team are the seventy sixers at this point. If you know what I mean. We're going to go uh, – any any attempts to go deep into the NBA playoffs is going to require a little bit more than uh, – I mean, I, I don't know. Like Tom saying, okay, Simmons sucks. TJ Reddick is old. Jimmy Butler, you, you never know whether he's going to show up night to night. Embiid's a beast, but walking on broken glass for getting hurt. Are they really a team that can go that far? Really? Uh, it remains to be seen. There's there's a, a prevailing theory of uh, knuckleheads on local radio that not all of them, but some of them think they can just turn a switch when playoff time comes. Now their home crowd will be electric if we get. Uh, we obviously in the first round get home court advantage, and it is one of the toughest places to play for an opposing team. Um, you know, Philly Sixer fans, Philly fans are nuts, as you all know, but Philly Sixer fans are a little more uh, classier than the other. Actually, Flyers fans are pretty cool, too, Tim. Um, but <laughs> It's the Eagles fans who've got it wrapped up. Eagles, that's, that's and now that we have Bryce Harper and we're good again, um, Phillies attract a bunch of drunks that really don't care about the sport. They just want to get laid or have a fight. So, but Sixers playoff fans are more like a pretty hardcore basketball, whether they're disillusioned, like, like the process and Hanky or whether they're like us, they're, they're pretty hardcore. So, uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take Orlando or Brooklyn for granted because they beat us in the regular season, both, you know, not, you know, series wise, I don't think, but they hold victories over us at full strength. And it's just you know if I if I was in if I was in Toronto I would feel okay if I was in um, Milwaukee I would feel okay going into the first round Sixers uh, Nate I know for one I don't remember the whole prediction show but the over under mm-hmm. for the season was fifty five and the Sixers yeah. didn't even match their fifty two win season of last year because yeah. the best they could do is fifty one tonight. And yeah. uh, I mean, what can I you guess say? I think we that? both we both went under because this was before the Butler trade. I know that because yeah, we did the Belli was gone, Ilyasova was gone. We weren't buying in like everyone else was. Um, actually, I'll be honest with you, they finished better than what I thought they would. I didn't think they'd hit fifty wins, but 
Yeah. They did. And surprisingly, this team has, has played well with the lack of bench depth. Now, when they get into the playoffs, it may be a little different. Rotations get shorter. Your starters play more. I mean, that's going to help Philly, honestly. I believe that's going to help them. Um, do I think they'll get tossed in the first round? No. Uh, even if it is Orlando, Orlando will give them fits because Vucevic gives Embiid all he can handle on the post. Um, and Vucevic and Embiid, that's a good battle. Orlando just doesn't have the depth. And we talked to Philip Rossman right here on this episode about that. Uh, he he talks about how playing Philly versus playing Toronto and, and what that would mean to this the Magic Club. And I talked to Bart Winkler uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks uh, up in uh, Milwaukee there on the radio. He told me that Philly still scares him as a Bucks fan, as a Bucks guy. He says Boston and Philly are the teams that scare him the most, not Toronto. So Philly still has some respect around the league because I'll be honest with you, Jimmy Butler is the kind of player who can, he has that switch. I don't think Embiid or Simmons or any of those other guys have that switch. Reddick's been resting his legs lately. They're not playing him as much, getting him ready for playoff time. But Butler has that switch that you talked about. Uh, as far as everybody else goes, I don't know. Tobias Harris will be the the key. He'll be the factor here. If he plays like Tobias Harris of old uh, in the first half of the season, he will do great. If not, this could be a long series and a long playoff run that may come up short. I still have him getting bounced in the second round is my prediction, but – they can make it a lot more interesting depending on what they do in the playoffs. And I think the reason Tobias Harris was having such a good season is Doc Rivers out in, the, out in L.A. because he's done a great job with that Clippers team. Uh, Brett Brown's not as good of a coach as, as Doc Rivers. So I think a lot of that has fueled Tobias's, uh, what he's been doing in Philly. So we'll see. Um, just That's just what I've been hearing and thinking and trying to stay as close with my ear to the ground as I can with the Sixers because God knows the Wolves aren't doing shit. So that's, that's just been what's, what's been going on here from my end. I don't know what you guys think about that. Well, since the trade, uh, um, I looked at it the other day, maybe a few days back, but I don't think it's changed since the Sixers lost to the Heat. The Clippers have a better record. Since Shemet went uh, out there and we got Tobias and Boban, et cetera, um, I think it was something like 16 and 6, and the Sixers were 17 and 11 or something like that at, when I looked. Uh, that, those numbers don't match, but something something percentage-wise where the, the Clippers actually had the better record after the trade. So that tells you all you need to know about coaching because, uh, you know, that was pretty much one-sided, in my opinion. Even though I hated to see Shemek go because he's he's a good little player, but yeah, but they have. I mean, they I, have been able to bring Zaire Smith in. Uh, he's done a great, and, and I'm doing good on pronouncing his name now, so should be happy with that. There you are. <laughs> but they've brought him in, and he's done a good job uh, in that backup role. But again, you know, Simmons has got to get a jump oh. shot, and I, I, I say it time in and time out. He can do all these things, but that jump shot is key because if Simmons comes up the court, if you ever watch, what's the first thing he does when he crosses half court? He throws it back. Somebody else is going to do that pick and roll because you're going to go underneath Simmons on a pick and roll every time. 
That's just absolutely. It's what you do. What you do. It's class. It's if you know a guy can't shoot, you don't try to fight around a screen. You just go under it. That's the way it is. Tim, what's your thoughts I, here as we talk a little more? We'll go ahead, Tr. Then we'll go to Tim. Well, I, I hate to point out when we tell you so again about the drafts when they were overthinking. And if you look at Mikhail Bridges' numbers, he would fit nicely in that rotation or in the short rotation of the playoffs off the bench because he's done nothing but produce. I think he was the first Suns to do some, first Sun rookie to do something. Like a, a rebound, a, uh, block combo and I, or something. Tim and I talked to uh, Jacob Goldstein a few weeks ago. He's invented a new stat called the player impact plus minus um, that shows the production of players based on their team. And Mikael Bridges was the best player impact plus minus on the Phoenix Suns this season, if that tells you anything about yeah, him. Yeah, we had him. We had him. <laughs> I mean, he's only averaging 8.3 points per game to go with 3.2 rebounds. But in the loss to Dallas, he had 10. The loss to Houston, he had 19. Uh, He's only, you know, he's young. He's a little bit older, actually. He's 22, but playing nice, playing good ball, shooting 33% from three, which is not bad at all. Um, So uh, if if you're Mikael Bridges, I think he would be a nice fit. Maybe not a starter on this Philly team, but he would be nice bench effort and do a lot of good things. Absolutely. He would. And Zaire Smith will ride the bench in the playoffs as far as I can see. So, yeah, that was a great move, Brett and Elton. You're probably. What are you thinking, Tim? What, what Anything thing you want to bring up here? The 76ers on paper. Look pretty good. I don't know in reality if they are. It seems to me to win an NBA championship at some point, the team will face some type of adversity on and off the court, probably. And I don't see that team surviving that at this point. But that being said, since the inception of this show, the Philadelphia 76ers have got it all over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Huh. I agree. I agree. Covington's been hurt. A uh, lot of stuff going wrong up in Minnesota. We re-signed our GM, which was stupid. But Ryan Saunders will be the new coach uh, for the foreseeable future, which I like. A uh, lot of injuries up in Minnesota. So, um, hey, maybe ping pong ball, maybe a ping pong ball goes our way and who who knows what could happen fair enough what uh what where are they like what are they like 11 12 something like that 11th in the west right now um i believe they would be record wise i think they would get 10 right now maybe nine i think it's 10 though so not good odds can you smarten me up to the to who is uh, I guess tonight being the last night of the season, um, can you smart me up to who is definitely in both conferences and who is fighting for the last spot type of thing? Yeah, yeah. The Western Conference is done. Uh, the Western Conference has been wrapped up for a few days now. Um, there is still some room for movement um, in the standings. Milwaukee, to, or excuse me, hold on. 
Golden State is your number one. Denver and Houston, uh, depending on Denver and Minnesota's outcome tonight, uh, Denver could be the two or they could fall to the three with Houston losing last night. So you got Denver's going to be the two if they win, then Houston's the three. Portland has a game tonight. They could possibly move up. They're the four right now. The Jazz are stuck at five. Oklahoma City, I believe, will stay at the six. San Antonio in L.A. are both the seven and eight, and they have identical records. So those are your eight teams there. A little movement could still happen, but we'll find out tonight. In the east, clinched. The Bucks are in, then the Raptors, then the, then the 76ers. Those teams are going nowhere. Neither is Boston and Indiana. They're the four, then the five. Brooklyn and Orlando have clinched, but they could still move up or down. And Detroit and Charlotte are battling for that last playoff spot. Miami was eliminated last night when Detroit won their game. So Detroit and Charlotte are battling. Charlotte has to win. Detroit has to lose, and they get in. Detroit uh, with a win is in. I sent you a link, Tom, with all the possible uh, permutations with what might happen tonight and who goes where. Because it's pretty complicated. There's some crazy scenarios of uh, yeah, it, send that to me if you don't care to. Loss. Oh, I can send that to you too. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's uh, kind of nuts to be honest. There's some. There's a couple of teams that can jump from like eight to five, and uh, the Houston Rockets can go from second to fourth, and there's all kinds of nuttiness going on there. Mm. Uh, We're definitely going to be talking about this tonight on the show, so we definitely want to uh, make sure everyone is is keyed into that. Uh, we'll probably lead, probably be leading the show off with this interview uh, to get TR some time on, because I know the fans have missed it. They've missed him. We've missed him. And it's good to have you back, brother. We've missed you. Uh, I know you're a busy man, but we're going to try and make sure we get you on every week from now on if we can, uh, if, depending on what we have to do. Go pick up your son at immigration, will you? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck, little Tr. <laughs> oh, oh, some heat, some shade from Dad to little Ooh, Tr. Shade, oh. little Tr. Oh, little Tr might have a response for that. <laughs> yeah, wait and I, see. I actually, I actually uh, missed that. Those, those uh, portions of well, the show, but. Uh, in a nutshell, you brought little TR to Canada and left him here. He was not impressed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he started. Then he started to like it. But then immigration came and got him and took him back to the U.S.-Canada border where he presently resides. Well, I'll talk to somebody I know in the WWE who has direct line to Linda, who has a direct line to Donald Trump, and we'll make sure that little bastard stays up there with you. President Jack Tunney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, well guys, Indeed. glad we can get TR back on today. I know he's got to head to work here shortly. So, TR, thanks again for jumping on, talking with us a little bit. We've missed you. And uh, we hope we'll be making this a weekly thing, getting you back on for at least a segment, if not uh, hosting the show again soon. So, glad to have all oh, the yeah. men back off. I'm in the house, um, despite, you know, what, what's the word, um, real life, um, uh, transitions 
and and retransitions and so forth. Uh, one of one of the points clearly made was that I'm going to do the show all the time. So, um, so that's not in question. Um, but what was I going to say? Some something in closing about the Sixers that was running through my head. Uh, I was gonna I was gonna point out to anybody listening that I am a Sixers fan. I love the Sixers. Um, I am going to root like hell for them throughout, but it's just, it's like you, you open up old school, open up a newspaper, but more like turn online or turn on the radio or turn on wide men can't jump for that matter. And it's like, they just keep giving you more stuff not to like. It's, it's just, it's yeah. frustrating for team with that kind of talent. There are no Kool-Aid drinkers on this show. We love our teams, yeah. but that doesn't stop us from uh, pointing out the obvious in the other direction when it occurs. Yeah, no, very true. No, no bandwagon fans here. Let's put it that That's way. right. That's right, but the yeah, playoffs love, are coming up soon. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'd love to be pumped up. Like, which I, I guess I'm pumped up for the playoffs, but you know, if I'm if I'm sitting in Milwaukee, I'm pumped up like I can't wait to see Giannis drop fifty on these clowns, whoever the eighth seed is, and whatever, and maybe sweep them. I don't feel that way in Philly at all. I feel like I hope uh, <laughs> Simmons will take a shot. <laughs> like we had a guy on the. Oh, you guys probably never heard it. I had a guy on the hockey podcast. He was such a diehard. There was like eight games left, and his team needed to win all eight, and two other teams needed to lose all eight. But this guy was fucking all in. You know, no, my team will win all eight games. These other two teams will lose all eight. I will make the playoffs. I'll be there. And, of course, they lost the first game, and he was, his team was out. And, you know, and then they were a bunch of scum. And, you know, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You love the team. That doesn't stop you from disliking the makeup of the team or how they do exactly. things or, what, or whatever else. But the franchise itself – you know, I'll be a Leaf fan forever. Tom will be a – I mean, the Eagles could go 0-16 for the next four years. Tom would still cheer for the Eagles. He'd hate them at the same time, but he'd still cheer sure. for them. Yeah, that's just that's just how it works. Yeah, man. But we're glad to have everybody back here, and hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. And TR has returned, so we're going to jump back here into the show. So, TR, again – we're glad you're back. We missed you. And uh, why don't you send us back to the show? Uh, uh, I don't want to do the, the, I don't want to do the, uh, Shaggy, the, the signature, the signature. I'll just say, and now back to your regularly scheduled wide men can't jump. Here's Nate and Tim. He's back. TR's back with us, and what a great trip there, talking about the 76ers and our TR 76er update there. Tim, you still riding coat my coattails here? I'm kidding. Riding shotgun with me, my baby, my man. I, I don't believe I've ever heard a more professional 
transition between segments as that last one. Well, I mean, you know, only the best here. You <laughs> caught him off. You <laughs> caught him off guard when you asked him to take us back to the show. Yes, yeah. I don't think I don't think, we've ever done, I don't think we've ever done that ever, except for you and I and our yeah. Seggy nonsense. Leaving him speechless, but. Tim, right now, uh, if you're on the East Coast listening live, there's games going – very, very few games of importance, but the ones that are important are very important, if that makes any sense. Right now, the Brooklyn Nets are up big on the Miami Heat as Wade and Udonis Haslam both get to start tonight. The Charlotte Hornets trail the Orlando Magic by four in the second quarter. That one's on ESPN. The Pistons lead 44-29 over the Knicks. Those games are important. Oklahoma City's up 10 on the Bucks, And we've got the Spurs and the Mavs. The Spurs are up 37 as Dirk plays his final game. They gave a very touching tribute to Dirk there tonight. So, um, and that was well somebody, deserved. Uh, somebody needs to tell the Knicks that they can stop tanking. <laughs> they, they, they locked it up. It's as good as it can get for them in the bad way. I did want to go through this list here that we looked at earlier. The Miami Heat and Brooklyn Nets game tonight. Here's what's at stake. If the Nets win, they earn the sixth seed in a matchup with the Sixers. The Nets can also earn a six if the Hornets lose, or excuse me, with a loss, if the Hornets make the playoffs over the Pistons. If the Nets lose and the Pistons make the playoffs, Brooklyn will be the seventh seed facing the Raptors. Now, the Magic and the Hornets. Here's this update. The Magic will clinch the sixth seed if the Nets lose and the Pistons make the playoffs. The Hornets have won four straight in eight of their last 11 games to get in position to make the playoffs but need to win tonight over Orlando and a Detroit loss to slip into the eighth seed. So that's going to be tough for the Hornets to, to do. But we'll see. Some seeding at stake here. The Pistons, the Pistons the, if they win tonight, they clinch a playoff spot. And Blake Griffin is actually not playing tonight. So here are your likely playoff games that you'll see. 61% chance we'll see the Bucks and Pistons. Then a 48% chance you'll see the Raptors and Magic. Then the 49% chance you'll see the 76ers against the Nets. And then already locked in, the Celtics will play the Pacers. That's the 4-5 matchup. So that's the East. Let's jump over to the West. It's a little – the West has already been decided. But the seedings are not done yet. The Thunder will play the Bucks tonight. If the Oklahoma City Thunder win, they will get the sixth seed if they win or the Spurs lose. They drop to the seven if they lose and the Spurs win and the Jazz. OKC loss combined with wins by the Spurs and Clippers will drop the Thunder to eight. And now the Spurs against the Mavericks. The Spurs clinch the sixth seed with a win and an Oklahoma City loss. A Spurs win and an OKC win. The Spurs will be the seven, and will be a law, and so will a loss combined with the Jazz win. A Spurs loss can put the Clippers, um, plus a Clippers win could drop the Spurs to the eight. So again, the Spurs could be the six, seven, or the eight, depending on what happens tonight. The Denver Nuggets will clinch the two seed with a win over my lowly, lowly Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Rockets will get to face the number two Nuggets will get the number two seed if the Nuggets lose, and Denver will be the three. 
The L.A. Clippers will finish at number eight if they win and at least one of the Spurs or Thunder lose, in which case L.A. can move to the seven. With Portland and Sacramento, Houston will be the number three seed if Denver wins and the Trailblazers lose. But if Denver wins and Portland wins, Houston drops to the four with the Blazers moving to the number three. So here's your percent chances here. Warriors-Clippers, 58% chance. Nuggets, Spurs, 35% chance. Blazers, Thunder, 23% chance. And Rockets, Jazz, 56% chance that happens. There's a lot to get to. You never know what's going to happen. There's some late games out west. The playoffs will not be set until tonight, and then they will officially announce the field, I believe, tomorrow. So if you take your net income from line 226 and subtract that from basically. Your, your accrued income that was determined on your T74265-318 and square root that, you might finish seventh. Basically, yes. <laughs> All right. All this is very confusing. All this is very confusing. It, it, I have Let to me admit, tell you. It was. I, I'll just wait for the games to be over. All that's very confusing, but let me tell you what's not confusing, and that's choosing new law office. If you need a lawyer, you go and call Stephen P. New, and he will be the guy to hook you up. Tell him about it. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. That's right, Stephen P. New, the law offices of Stephen P. New, bringing you all the best legal consultation you can ask for. Call Stephen P. New. So, he's, uh, he's suing me, Nate. What is it? He's suing me. Well, you're going to lose. Pictogra- <laughs> pictogram infringement. <laughs> God. Just, just saying. If you know, just you know. You know, you know. Moving, yeah, but yeah, it's you know we're Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, both retiring this year uh, after great careers, and you know it's it, it's a shame that Dirk's retiring, uh, but I do believe it's time. He's uh, just yeah, the game passed him by. He 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 got too slow. Father time caught he, up. Yeah, he got he got old, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. No but uh, a great career, all spent with the same team. And that right there is a tip of the hat from me. Dirk Nowitzki, a true He's legend right in our game. NBA, by the way, check this out tonight. NBA total points. Dirk Nowitzki, 31,540. The rest of the active Mavs roster tonight, 28,100. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt it. 
Oh, I was going to say, truth. too, on, a, on an NBA-related note, they just flashed a hockey playoff started tonight. Yay, hockey. Um, yeah, I, I flipped over and saw the Blue Jackets score, and it was not pretty. Yeah. The uh, um, When we're talking about uh, final seedings and why it matters more than people may think, uh, mm-hmm. in, the NBA, in the NBA, the team who wins the first game of the series goes on to win that series almost three-quarters of the time, 74%, 74.2 or something crazy like that. So it does matter who you, you know, if you if you got a better matchup in that first round and you get that, you know, that's important, that first win. It is. More, way more oh, than gosh, people yeah. think. And, and people wanted to say that the regular season doesn't matter in the NBA. I just, I could not disagree more. You're looking at teams right now. Like, think about it like this. How many games did Charlotte lose that were close that if they maybe had won, they would be on the inside looking out instead of the outside looking in and needing some help tonight? NBA uh, games matter. It comes down to a matter of All games matter. You get get caught up in the druthers. I mean, how many times during the year did we say, oh, you know, not too many exciting games on on the schedule tonight. That's kind of a... That's kind of a nothing game over there, but it is if you if you don't win it when you should. Now at this time of the year, that nothing game becomes the one that Very important. The, that one that kept you out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah it does. So, and beating teams beating teams that you should beat is one of those one of those things. You see a lot of young teams the, struggle with teams that they're supposed to beat. It's the measure um, of a true championship team. Is one that it does is. not take its foot off the pedal. Yeah, it's quite. I agree. Quite content, quite content to beat teams by forty points every night if they can, or you know, depending on who the coaches and management is putting out there. But when they got when yeah. you got your number when you got your number one lineup out there, I have no problem with teams pounding other teams. That is the point. You, to quote Herm Edwards, "You play to win the game." Well, to segue just a tiny bit into baseball, where you've got this nonsense of a guy hits a home run off of me and watches it uh, sail over the fence, and the next pitch, I try to take his head off. Mm -hmm. Isn't that okay? But isn't that the point of the game? Isn't that the the object is to hit the ball out of the park? Like I thought that was. Like, I don't understand. Like, did, did they have an equivalent in basketball? Does anybody really? Mm. Get a, get a, when guys dunk, you don't see other guys go down the court and try to punch them in the head. That's just kind of part of the, you know, it's part of the game. You're supposed to score, right? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I it really is what it is. much in the way of uh, people getting upset in the NBA if somebody runs up the score a little bit. I mean, it just depends. Sometimes you look at it and it's like, well, they're just not missing tonight. And, and you will run into that. That's something you will see. And that's what we'll run into in terms of uh, the NBA. So we'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to the playoffs. There's a lot of great sports con- content heading your way here this month. Um, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you're excited for baseball. It's back. Uh, so a lot of people are excited there. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. The NBA draft's not far off. The NFL draft is creeping up on us here very soon. And uh, 
for people like me, us weirdos out there, a lot of people will call us. Uh, the Masters is this weekend, so I'm excited well, for that. Know, I love. I got no problem with the golf. Uh, there are certain tournaments uh, that have a uh, actually in all sports. There are certain events that have uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, you know, the Masters Mystique. is the Masters, right? Yeah, yeah. kind of like watching the uh, Triple Crown in horse racing. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, it's I just really one. It's to, one of those events. It's one of those yeah. events. I, I I can't just watch every single golf tournament. I, I can turn on. No, nor do I. Nor do I want to. But when it's when you got the the big the you know the Open Championships and the Masters and you know the Grand basically your Grand Slam well, the players the players Open is usually there. Good. It's not yeah, I really, I really enjoy. I really enjoy watching the Masters. So I'm excited for that. I, of course, I will watch part of it because I have the Golf Channel, believe it or not. Yeah, I've got it too. Yeah, well, uh, I don't think you'd get that up here, but I got the Golf Channel. I would watch the Masters. I will watch the uh, I'll watch the U.S. Open. I will watch that in tennis. I've actually uh, been know, to the U.S. I actually did go to the U.S. Open one time in uh, yeah, for the golf. Four, uh, the four biggies in tennis, the World Cup in soccer. I mean, they're I mean, those are events with historical significance and ramifications if you're yeah. a smart enough puppy to understand what's going on on a bigger scale. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. And, you know, the NHL playoffs are going on right now. And, oh, Tim, as much as I love the NBA, I absolutely love the NBA. But, man, there's just something about playoff hockey. There may not be anything better than playoff I'll hockey. I'll tell you, I had the Tampa Bay game on. And it wasn't 40 seconds into the game, and there was already a tussle because they are beating the living shit out of one another. And I've, I've got three games going, split screen, et cetera, et cetera. And the, on the basketball, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm, yeah, but let me get there. I'm waiting to see if what's happening in hockey will be what happens in happens in basketball. If there's a new the minute the playoffs start, if there's a new standard of officiating, because I've already Maybe. seen in the I've seen in the hockey already twenty infractions that would have been penalties two days ago. Yeah, but because it's the playoffs aren't, and that that interests me because I like my basketball uh, a little uh, with a little more a little edge, more, phys- a little more physical. Say. Well, in the in the words of that uh, bartender uh, in New York, I. We like our beer like we like our violence domestic. Oh God! Well, there's that. <laughs> uh, they got, they, they got, she got fired. <laughs> very, yeah, very much so. But oh, she got fired. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both, both got fired. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Tim. Uh, speaking of speaking of playoffs, there's a couple oh, teams wait, that have. Breaking news. Breaking news. Wait, 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 wait. This just in. Irvin Magic Johnson to star as Waldo in upcoming Hollywood movie uh, financed by LeBron James. 
you made me play that ridiculous news intro for that? <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking it and going, oh, crap, this isn't good. This is going to go over like a lead balloon. <laughs> but then you, you popped pop for it, so it's all good. Come on. Um, that's, that's, I can, yeah, I can see you, uh, Irvin Johnson as Waldo. Where's Waldo's, where's Waldo's spine? Can you find Waldo's spine? Negative. Uh, Big field of bones. My apologies to the listeners for that. That was pretty weak. So. No, it, was, uh, it, it, it actually turned out pretty funny, I think. Uh, <laughs> one thing I'll say, Tim, uh, it's kind of an update here. Uh, did you see the Greek freak Giannis and Antetokounmpo turn down the uh, role in Space Jam 2? Did you happen apparently, to see that? Apparently no one wants to be in Space Jam 2. Well, according to Giannis, and this made me love him even more, I don't like being Hollywood. I don't like all this extra drama. I'm just going to try to be me. Oh, Man, you yeah, can't. God, the favorite, maybe my new favorite. I may need a, I may need a Greek freak jersey. I may just go online and Trans, one tonight. Tra- translated to, there was no way in hell I was going to be in a movie where LeBron James beats 37 guys in one game. Basically. Yeah. But according to Bleacher Report, LeBron has been unable to close deals with top players that he wants for Space I, Jam 2. I don't think. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. That's way out on the limb. I don't think players like LeBron very much. I really they don't. don't. <laughs> they don't. They just don't. I mean, he he has he has managed to get a reputation, warranted or unwarranted, of being kind of a of a of a shithead. I don't know how else to put it. And I think that it's about the right way to put it, honestly. Yeah, particularly the younger players, they're a little bit leery of getting thrown under the LeBron James bus. I mean, this guy was willing to throw his entire team under the bus in L.A. and did so, in fact. Yeah, he did. I mean, if there's one guy in the league who doesn't need LeBron James, it's Giannis. He certainly doesn't need his press or or any, any rub from him. So why would you bother? I agree wholeheartedly. Good for him. Yeah. Maybe well, maybe it's the end yeah, of LeBron. Uh, oh God, we could we get that lucky? <laughs> well, speaking of the Greek freak, his Milwaukee Bucks have secured that number one seed heading into the playoffs. And I had a chance to sit down last night with Bart Winkler from up in Milwaukee as we talked about the Bucks and what's going on in Milwaukee as they get geared up for the playoffs. So we're going to go ahead. And jump to that right as soon as we hear from our good friends at cambay.com. Are you sick of the boring, same old cam sites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on Cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know Cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's Cambay.com, C-A-M. B-A-E dot com 
And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Right now is the co-host of Chuck and Winkler weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 105.7 FM, The Fan in Milwaukee, and also the Winks podcast on radio.com. You can also get that on iTunes. Bart Winkler, thanks again, Bart, for jumping on with us. Yeah, happy to be here. How you doing? Doing okay, doing okay. want to talk a little bit about your Milwaukee Bucks. Um, what a season so far as they're going to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, they're going to have home court advantage throughout. So if you're going to going to go to the NBA Finals, you're going to have to go through the city of Milwaukee to do it. What's been the keys to this Milwaukee team? What do you think has gotten it done for them this season? Well, I'll say the most obvious one first, uh, Giannis. I mean, he is having an MVP season, and he has just become a transcendent player in this league. And he really is. Uh, along with Mike Budenholzer's coaching, the key to this whole thing, I think what they did, the Bucks, was a really good job of realizing, all right, we've obviously got a player that is as good as anybody in the league, so how do we maximize his talent, and what do we build around that? And they went out, they needed a, a guy to run the point, um, you know, that can create his own shot, but also maybe hit a three. They found that in Eric Bledsoe. Last year, they have this nice relationship, him and Middleton, where I do think they complement each other. And so, obviously, he's still a part of it. But then you need, if you're going to have Giannis as dominant in the paint as he has been, you need guys that can space the floor a little bit. And so they found guys that can, you know, play big if they have to in Brooke Lopez and then Ursan, but then also go out and shoot the three. And some of their guard play has been very good with Malcolm Brogdon. George Hill has stepped up in Brogdon's absence the last month or so. Sterling Brown, when healthy, has played very well. So they've really built a good team around a superstar. And one of the conversations that we get into all the time is sort of obsessing over who's the number two, who's, who's, the, who, who's the Robin to the Batman. And I just I don't think that this team necessarily needs that. You can have a different guy step up every night when you've got Giannis as good as He's performing. So it's been Giannis, it's been coaching. I mean, it, you name it, and it's been that for the Bucks this season so far. Yeah, and I think uh, Mike Budenholzer is going to be on the short list for uh, Coach of the Year this year. <clears throat> He's done a great job with that Milwaukee team. Do you think he should win it, or do you think there's more, maybe a more deserving coach? Do you think Budenholzer has it wrapped up? I, I, can't, I can't think who would be a better candidate than Budenholzer to come in in year one, and you see, you can see tangible results over, you know, I mentioned some new guys coming in, but a lot of the team is the same as what Joe Prenti and Jason Kidd had in the playoffs yeah. last year, and he's he's gotten much more out of that. So I, I would think for coach of the year, he's your guy. For executive of the year, I'd give it to John Horst. For defensive player of the year, I think Giannis should at least be highly considered. And then for MVP, I think you got to give that, to Giannis, too. He's the best player on the best team. 
Uh, you can argue, okay, Harden put up 50 points this night and then 40 the next, and that's all flashing stuff. But I, I just think for most valuable player to a team, it's Giannis, Budenholzer with the coach, horse for executive. I think that as far as the regular season goes, I mean, nobody's done better than the Bucks, and I think they should be rewarded for that when that time comes. Absolutely, and that's kind of hard to argue. There's some, there's a lot of players out there, or a lot of names out there for Coach of the Year, but Budenholzer's at the top of everybody's list. You mentioned Malcolm Brogdon, his injury. What's the prognosis for him? What are we looking at timetable-wise? I've heard he probably won't be back for round one of the playoffs, but what's your thoughts on his injury, and how does it affect the Bucks going into the playoffs? I think they've completely gotten past the idea that he would come back for round one, so I think you're right on that one. Uh, round two would be the target there. Um, and now we're assuming that the Bucks win in the first round, which I, I think we can assume. Uh, keep in mind that this is a franchise that hasn't won a playoff series in 18 years, so you can sympathize with fans who are going to worry as soon as the Bucks go down 5 nothing in game one of the first round <laughs> series. I think you can uh, sympathize with them a little bit. But with Brogdon, where he's excelled is he's one of those guys that can shoot the three, but he also drives. He, he's one of the top, I think it was top ten. I'm just, I might be just making this out of thin air, but he's really good at driving to the basketball hoop, just like uh, Giannis is. And Brogdon, you know, he'll come in one way and then loop it back the other way and really find that space that you don't even think is there when teams do clog the lane. He's able to, to find that hole, both weaving through and then uh, being nifty with the shot. When they lost him, they they lost some of that aggressiveness. Uh, I, I don't think the Bucks win the Eastern Conference Finals if he doesn't come back. I, I, I do think that they need him. They could get there without him. Uh, I think if you're going to get to the Finals, you're going to need to be – or you need this Bucks team to be fully healthy, as good as mm-hmm. Giannis is. I think that it's been the team that's going to get the most success. So I think you need Brogdon back. But George Hill, you know, they acquired him in a trade in November. Uh, he has been – a worthy sort of replacement. He's attacking the the basketball hoop more. So when George Hill sometimes can play a little passive and you're like, well, what's this guy doing? But when he plays with aggressiveness, uh, he's, he's a very complimentary point guard. I think it'll be enough to get through round one. I think most of us are expecting uh, and everything that we've gotten from the Bucks for Malcolm Brogdon to be back sometime, if not right away in round two. Well, there's been some other injuries. Uh, Nikola Mirotic has been hurt. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really looked very closely to see when was the last time he played. I mean, he may even be back playing now. I don't think he has been. But no, it's, yeah, I think they, he got hurt. He, yeah, he got hurt uh, shortly after Brogdon. Yeah. I, I think they're just kind of making sure. First round, it could be a first round thing for him. Uh, maybe he doesn't come back by the weekend. Maybe he, they try to see how far they can kind of keep him on the shelf but yeah uh, you know he's hurt and tony snell's been hurt yeah. so they, they this is a team that is dealing with some injury but it doesn't seem like any of these guys should be out terribly long brogdon i, I everything i've heard is optimistic second round miritich i don't think there's any concern that he wouldn't be back by then if he can't make the first uh tony snell as well so they are a little banged up right now injury yeah. report on Wednesday night, final game of the regular season is going to be heavy, but I think they should all be back by the second round. 
Okay, and nothing on uh, Dante DiVincenzo, or is he done for the year? Or? He's, uh, he's really... out. He is out for the year. That's what I thought. I was making. I'm just double checking in case because I haven't had a chance to really look through the injury reports as of late. You know, been staying busy. You're a Dante but... guy, though, aren't you? Aren't you a Dante uh, guy? Well, my co-host is a big Dante guy. Mm. Uh, he, he's a yeah, big yeah, Dante yeah. guy. So, but yeah, well, I saw him. The news oh, he too. got injured. I think he knows. I was just double checking. I, I thought he was out for the year. I just wanted to to make a hundred percent sure yeah. that he was. Um, he is. So we look at the first round here. There's a lot to look forward to. You won't know until tomorrow. Could be the Pistons. Could be the Hornets, depending on what happens. If you're a Bucks fan or anybody covering the Bucks or the Milwaukee Bucks for that matter. Who would you rather see coming in that first round? Would you rather see Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson in the Pistons, or would you rather see Kimball Walker and company from the Hornets rolling in in game one of that first round series? I think that, um, you know, you hate to pick your opponent and they come in and they beat you. The Magic are a team that is concerned some Bucks fans. If it's them, the Nets are also in play there. I think the Pistons uh, right now are the most, Likely and, and with Detroit, I, I'm I kind of marvel at at Detroit. I mean, they they have Blake Griffin and they have Andre Drummond, yet they're they hover around a 500 team. I I know that Reggie Jackson isn't like you know a top guard in this game, but with those two big guys, you would think they can at least you know make some hay. I would they're, think that they're two guard on, they're two guard and they're two guard and three guard positions are just lacking. And it's very deep right. lacking too. It's it's really tough for them. I I would say that with the way that they have played them, uh, they are they're, they beat them all four times they've played them. The the Pistons, uh, they the Bucks beat them by three, so there was a close game. Otherwise, you're looking at double digit affairs. So I would say that I would say that if you had to pick one, you probably take the team you know you can have success against. So I would. However it shakes out tomorrow, I guess I would root for it to be Bucks Detroit. Um, I, I just I I think we're talking about a difference between is it going to be a four game series or, or a five game series? Yeah, I can understand that. But looking at the Pistons, they're three and seven in their last ten. The Hornets are seven and three in their last ten. Orlando's eight and two in their last ten. Now, of course, you know that's all due to scheduling and, and all that, but. You would rather see a team that's maybe not been on a bit of a roll rolling in. Um, and if you look, the Pistons and the Hornets are very close in home records, or excuse me, road records, very close in road records. Um, so I think you'd want to see them roll in because it's going to be hard to beat Milwaukee at home. They've only lost seven games at home this year. So that's a huge margin for them. Only losing seven games at home. Um, only losing 14 on the road, so very good both home and away. Um, who do you think, if you look just as a little playoff preview here, let's just say they get through the first round, four games, five games, whatever it may be. What team do you think, if you look at the East, gives them the most trouble? Would it be Toronto or maybe Philly or even Boston? Which team does does Milwaukee look at and say, that's the team that's going to really – Give us a hard time. Maybe that we struggle with this team more than this team. I wonder if I, uh, you know, have last year too much in my head, but I, I almost think Boston, and I know they have their problems. I just, 
whenever the Bucks play with Boston, Al Horford has like his career night all the time. It just it seems like to me, Kyrie Irving is one of the guys I fear more than anybody, especially in the final two minutes. Uh, I think the Sixers. I think that would be a physical series, and I think that's a series that a, a lot of uh, NBA fans want to see. I, I just think the Bucks, and even with Toronto, one of these teams is going to have to beat the Bucks four times, and that that is hard for me to wrap my head around. It may happen. Uh, I think if it does happen before the finals, it's going to be because the Bucks beat themselves. I think the Warriors, if you get to the finals and play them, are a team that they can outright just beat Milwaukee. Although that series would be amazing, uh, but with the Eastern Conference teams, I, I just I, the Bucks are the best to me. And while another team can beat them four times, it's going to happen with the Bucks making a crucial error in one or two of those, those games. So I, I'm at a point right now where I just have a really hard time envisioning a team in seven games beating the Bucks four of those games. I just I don't see it. So if I had to rank them right now. It was Toronto for me for a long time, but I think I'll go Boston gives me the most pause and then maybe Philly and then Toronto. But any one of those games probably will minimum go six and then, and then maybe seven. But I just, I don't see any of those teams at this point getting that fourth game from Milwaukee when push comes to shove. Yeah. I mean, Milwaukee, they they're just a, a brick house right now in the east. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for anybody to really do a lot with them, especially with the, a healthy Greek freak. And it, it's gonna be interesting. I think I, I've been looking at it. I think it comes down to Milwaukee, Toronto, and the Eastern Conference Finals. It'll be interesting to see if that comes true. Um, Pau Gasol, how's how's Pau Gasol fitting into Milwaukee? Is he getting a lot of playing time? Have they been using him a lot? Are they saving him? What's the deal on Pau Gasol since he's come to Milwaukee? Well, when he got here, uh, the, the expectation was they're just it's another big body backup for the playoffs, and then he started playing a bunch, and he looked pretty old and pretty slow. The way that one of our uh, beat writers told us on our show is Paul Gasol was signed for the veteran experience, and if the Bucks get in trouble with big men and fouls against the Sixers, they have Paul Gasol. That's how it was explained to me why that was a signing that they made. So I, I would not expect with how short these rotations are in the playoffs and how many options the Bucks have to choose from. I mean, if Paul Gasol is getting more than five minutes in a game, either there was a blowout one way or the other or something went terribly wrong. Okay. Like I say, just like to double check here. We haven't had you on in a while, and I have been – wanting to get you back and talk a little bucks here. So I do appreciate you giving us some time here. Um, one last thing, I'll let you go after this. I know you're busy. Um, who for the bucks outside of Giannis, of course, because he's going to have to be himself, Giannis or whatever. I have a hard time with that name. But <laughs> outside of him, who's going to need to really eh, – I always do that. I've tried to get his last name. I call it Ananta Tacumpo. I don't know how close I am, but – that's how I that's how I pronounce it. Um, who's going to have to step up other than Giannis as we move forward in the playoffs for the Bucks? Who's the guy that maybe people should keep their eye on when watching the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs as somebody who's basically going to have to be in their game for the Bucks to move on and get to the NBA Finals? Who's going to be that guy? 
It's got to be Chris Middleton. I mean, I know I, I talked about how they don't need a true number two, but you're going to need another guy to take some of the heat off Giannis. And this Bucks team is at their best when Chris Middleton is making shots. And so I think you're going to need to see him. He, he, he's, he's got some nights where he goes, you know, 4-17 and one of seven from distance. He cannot do that in the playoffs. They're going to need him, you know, if, he does, if it's not 20, 25 points a night, he just, the shots that he gets, he's got to make. You know, he's not a guy that's going to attack the back basket as much as some of these other guys. Uh, he's traditionally been a mid-range shooter. And, you know, he, he does take five, six, seven threes a game. So I, I think that if he – if the Bucks are going to – best case scenario, if they're going to win the finals, if they're going to win this whole thing, Giannis just has to be, you know, himself, which he has been all year. Brogdon needs to come back and uh, give them that steady piece. Bledsoe needs to just not do what he did against Boston last year where he, like, melted – and then Middleton needs to hit his shots. And then I think the rest, you know, will fall into place. So I would say Chris Middleton, but it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting, man. This, this is a team that can certainly do it. The East is wide open with no LeBron anymore. And that Cavs sort of mini dynasty gone. I think anything for me personally, anything short of a finals appearance at this point would, I can't be let down by that. Anything yeah. short of an Eastern Conference, like if they get bounced in the second round, I'll be distraught. There, I just there would be no reason for them not. This is a team that is good enough to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they are good enough to win it. So it's hopefully going to be a long few weeks ahead, a fun few weeks ahead. Absolutely, they've got the talent to do it. Now they just have to execute. Do you think they beat Golden State if they get there? I could be talked into thinking that they beat Golden State. I've been <laughs> saying all year. I've been saying all year, if it's Bucks Golden State, I would take the Warriors in five. Um, mm-hmm. But right now, I will I will I will adjust that to six. I would still think the Warriors win that series. But uh, if the Bucks did it, I mean, this is a this is the team. If there's going to be a team that beats them, I think it can be Milwaukee. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun few weeks going forward. And, Bart, thank you so much for giving us some time here on the show on Wide Men Can't Jump. And appreciate you just answering everything and being a great interview as always. Let our listeners know where they can find you, and uh, hopefully we can get you back uh, as the playoffs advance. And hopefully we're talking about what a run Milwaukee's going on. Uh, hopefully we can talk to you here within the next couple of weeks if that's okay with you. Hey, it's up to the Bucks, man. If they're still playing, I'll be talking. Absolutely. Let our listeners know where they can find you. On Twitter at WinksThinks, and then you can check us out uh, at the radio.com app. Uh, we just check the show Chuck and Winkler. We broadcast five days a week out here in Milwaukee. Awesome. Thanks again, Bar. Really appreciate you jumping on, and hope to be talking to you here within the next uh, few weeks. I do too, dude, because that means the Bucks are winning. Exactly. Thanks again, man. Thank you. And that was Bark Winkler from Chuck and Winkler, 105.7 FM in Milwaukee. Tim, what's your thoughts on the Bucks? Bucks, like them. 
I, I'm a fan. I, they're they're my team. I'm kind of pulling for. I'm not I even like gonna them. Lie. They're my. Uh, uh, I don't want to say dark horse because I guess they really aren't, and yet somehow it kind of seems like they are. Uh, well, they're not. They're not because they're the only 60 win team in the NBA. Well, they got a, a great team, and if everything falls into place, uh, I, I said, I mean, a, a final appearance for sure. Uh, I would say anything less than that is probably a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out for the Bucks. It's going to be an interesting playoff run. We'll find out tonight. It looks like they're going to end up playing either Detroit or or it looks like it's going to be Detroit because Detroit is dominating right now on the Knicks. Knicks. Um, Yeah, so it looks like Detroit. Breaking news, but don't play this. I'm not playing the news theme again. Um, (laughs) No, this is real news. Uh, Noel Embiid questionable for Game One uh, for the 76ers. And Marcus Smart, torn left oblique for the Celtics, out for the first two rounds. Yeah, that's a big loss. Uh, that, that is, is a big huge loss, loss for Boston's defense. Just took a serious hit if yeah, he doesn't they play. did. Smart, so, and, and Smart's that guy that Boston has. TR and I love Marcus Smart. He's that guy that – he does all those little things that we talk about, all the, you know, the, the hustle play, uh, dive on the floor. He'll go in for a steal. He'll commit the fouls if you got to have one. Smarts just does those things. And you don't realize how bad you need a guy like that until you don't have one. So it's going to be interesting forces, to see what uh, Celtics. Well, it forces them to go back to Jalen Brown. Uh, and when They'll they tried Brown, that. You're going to see a lot of Terry Rozier and, uh, my biggest thing with Boston right now is, as, as good as they are, and they are a good team, they're built, they were built to try and win this year. They're hurting because of Kyrie Irving right now, and his attitude is affecting team chemistry to a point where that team is ready to implode. And apparently, you know, Tatum's a great player. Brown has been kind of up and down this year. Kyrie's been up and down this year. It's just been a, a lackluster uh, season for the Celtics. I'm, because we I'm not looking time. for I'm not looking like for a lot from the Celtics. I got to be honest. They'll win round one. Uh, yeah, the, but I, but but I'm not looking for any great splash from them. They'll win round one, assuming all things go according to plan. We'll just say top four seeds will advance. Just you know, for you know, shits and giggles purposes. They get into round two. They've got the Bucks. I don't know. Let me – while we got a second, I'm going to see here. Of course, this is based on regular season. Um, so, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. And you're going to be looking at this season alone, the Bucks and Celtics played three times. Once on November 1st, the Celtics won 117-113 at home. On December 21st, the Bucks won 120-107 in Boston. Then the last game they played was in Milwaukee. The Bucks won 98-97. So all games pretty close. So we could have an interesting series. Depending on the health of the teams, losing Smart's going to hurt. But if they don't have, if if the Bucks don't get healthy and don't get Brogdon back. That's going to be a big blow, too. So, we'll see what happens. 
Still with me? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had nothing to add. I, there's, I mean, injuries oh. are part. Injuries are part of the. Well, this is what I'm talking about, like earlier with the 76ers. Now, if Embiid doesn't play for a game or two, have they got the? Do they got the stuff to get through that or not? Maybe not. Well, we'll see. Hey, a little bit of a, a little bit of news here. Uh, this is from the college level, but I do want to bring this up. Jerry West, my man, my guy, from the freak from Cabin Creek, West Virginia, Jerry West, appears. Now, this is, of course, you know, appears to hold Jean Morant as the best prospect in this year's draft over Zion Williamson. Again, this is not official. Again. No, but I maintain, and I, and I hope I, I mean, I don't want to be right. It doesn't matter if even if I am, they'll go where they go. But I maintain that as good as Zion Williamson is, there are some facets of his game that are going to need a lot of work on the NBA. You never level. know with West. West may just be fucking with people. He does that. That's yeah, also he'll, true. He'll, he I'm might be playing my in. I'm not saying it in regards to any other players. I'm just saying it in regards to Zion all on his own. That yeah. he, he'll have that he has some facets of his game that they're all good. But there's a difference between being good at Duke and being good in the NBA and we've seen it before. I mean Christian Leitner was the Messiah at Duke. Yeah. Couldn't really get it done in the NBA. He had a decent career, not anything but, to really be excited about. No, but I mean, lots of, I mean, let's be honest. I would say of the sports, it is probably the hardest one to make the, the jump from that first year or two from uh, college success to NBA success are not easy. Yeah, it, it, it's not easy. It's it's tough, but I don't know. I still Zion. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. the guy's not going to be good. I'm just saying oh, I'm, I'm not I'm sure saying. he's as that he's as good as the hype. We'll have to wait because and see. It, but when it came down to it, he I mean he was he was all right in the uh, final four, but he should have been able to put that team on his back, and as good as they were, they should have won. So yeah, well, again, that's I mean that's just a little bit of news from Jerry West, but. Tim, speaking uh, back to the NBA here, we got one more guy we got to talk to, and that's our our guy from Orlando, Florida, Sunshiny, Florida, and they are celebrating in Orlando because they are back in the playoffs. First time in seven seasons that the Magic will be in the playoffs this year. So pretty cool deal for them to get back in. And our guy, Philip Rossman Reich, PRR, down in Orlando. He's been covering the Magic. He's been on the show since way, way back. He's got the full details here. I talked to him. We talked about the Magic. We talked about everything going on down there and what he suspects the Magic can do. Let's go ahead, Tim, if if it's okay with you. We'll roll that tape. Well, joining us again is one of our all-time favorite guests here. He's the site expert and editor at Orlando Magic Daily, host of the Locked on Magic podcast. And don't forget, he is 
probably the guest who's been on the most on this show, talking Orlando Magic. It's Philip Rossman, right? Philip, welcome back to Wide Men Can't Jump. Thank you for having me on. It is it is good to be on talking about the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up first thing here. The Orlando Magic have clinched a playoff berth, and it's looking like, from what I've seen, right now they're at the seventh seed. It's likely that's where they end up. Things could shift. I mean, they could end up going as high as the six, but I don't think they're going to go any lower than the seven. What's your thoughts here? Because, first of all, for those that don't know, and I haven't I haven't researched this to, to say yes or no or, or how much, when was the last time the Magic made the playoffs? And what's your thoughts heading into this playoff season for the Magic? Um, it has been seven long years since the Magic made the playoffs, so six, six seasons without the playoffs. Um, the last time they made it was uh, 2012, which was the lockout year, uh, with, which was actually Dwight Howard's last season in Orlando. So it's, it's been a long walk in the wilderness for the Orlando Magic to, to get to this point. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to say here that after winning only 25 games last year and really bringing back almost the exact same roster, just changing the coach, that uh, making the playoffs – in and of itself is, is kind of a dream season. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I like to consider myself an optimist. Some people don't like to call me an optimist, but I like to think that, that I'm optimistic. And I still had this team as kind of a mid thirties team at best. Um, I, I thought that really the goal for the season was to uh, continue to build and, and, and be competitive late into the season. And, and, you know, even really by the all-star break, it was like, Oh, you know, we, we've kind of accomplished the goal that, that, that we, that we should have set out for ourselves. But um, you know, you got to give credit to, to A, the, the players, number uh, of course, and, and really uh, Coach Steve Clifford as well. They, they really never set any limit on their goals. And, 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 you know, it became clear to me, I felt throughout the season, that, that this team did have playoff potential if they could play with some consistency. And, and they really finally found that in, in mid-January to toward the end of January. And they've just been on a tear the last 12 games, winning 10 of their last 12. They turned the Amway Center into a fortress, and, and they put themselves – in position to not only have a have at least a 500 record now with 41 wins, but to be in the playoffs and give themselves a chance, you know, as a lower seed, as a six, seven, eight seed going up against some of these teams at the top of the East, it's going to be a tough, tough, uh, tough task to get out of the first round, especially for a team that's that's so green uh, as far as playoff experience. But you know, I think the Magic can be a really pesky team, and, and I think that they can give whoever they play in the first round a really tight series if if they're not taken seriously. Yeah, and they've actually done rather well against the Eastern Conference, 29-22 and 22 against the East. Um, like you said, the homestand there, they've really made that their own. 25 wins at home this season, 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10. They're hitting right at the right time here. And moving forward, we'll talk a little bit about the players' involvement and how they've been able to turn a, this season into a playoff season. But you mentioned it earlier – they bring back basically everybody that they had last season, except they bring Steve Clifford in. Does this season maybe maybe he doesn't get the award, but does he at least need to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year for the Magic this year? Because I feel like while he may not be my pick to win it, I think there should be at least some talk of saying, you know what, Steve Clifford has done a hell of a job in Orlando. Yeah, he absolutely should be in the running for Coach of the Year. Um, you know, I think that he has done – a really incredible job. I mean, just, just, just think about where the Magic were at. Um, last year, they won only 25 games. And a lot of that was, was because of injury, but they still won only 25 games. They haven't won more 
than 35 games in a season for, for six years before this year. Um, they have now, from going from 25 wins to 41 wins, they have the largest increase in win total of any team in the NBA. Um, the only team that's really close to them is, is Milwaukee, which went from the, the seventh seed last year to the best record in the NBA, which, you know, Mike Budenholzer also deserves some, some love for Coach of the Year as well. But, um, you know, considering how far this team has fallen and, and just how kind of irrelevant this team has been to, to turn this group that, you know, really had not ranked in the top half of the league in anything for the last six years, to turn this team into, A, a playoff team, B, a winning team, so they're not just kind of sneaking in because the East is bad. They're, they're legitimately a 41-40 and 41 team, 41 and 40 team now. Um, or 40, whatever they're, 41, I'm, I'm blanking on the record. Um, but they're a legitimately good team. Uh, and then, and then on top of all that, they um, have a top ten defense in the league. They have a, a clear identity, and they're just a tough team. And they're they're a Steve Clifford team. I mean, I think that's that's really the best way to describe them to, to a lot of people around the league is um, they play the way Steve Clifford teams did in Charlotte and and kind of in, embody that that idea. So they they he absolutely deserves a ton of credit for this for this turnaround. He absolutely deserves a lot of serious consideration for Coach of the Year. I know a lot of People want to give it to the guy to, to, to one of the guys that turned uh, a sort of also ran team into an elite team. And, and don't get me wrong, um, Mike Budenholzer deserves consideration for coaching the year. So does Mike Malone in Denver, and, and honestly, probably so does Nick Nurse in Toronto, having having maintained that team after all the changes that they went through. But Steve Clifford is absolute, and, and obviously so does Doc Rivers as well with with all the changes they had to go through to, to stay in playoff contention. But Steve Clifford absolutely deserves to be in that conversation among the top tier candidate for coach of the year this year yeah i think he deserves to be in it and you mentioned some good ones there i'll argue that greg popovich deserves to be in that conversation this year with them losing a point guard at the beginning of the year losing Kawhi leonard bringing in new players making trades and yet and they're still in the playoffs in the in the west it's just there's a and nate mcmillan with what he's done in indiana there are there's a lot of good coaches that deserve credit and it's a shame that only one of them is going to get that award but I think Steve Clifford is definitely a nominee, in my opinion, with what he's done for the Magic. So the Magic have one more game this season, and that will take place on Wednesday. There are no NBA games tonight uh, due to what I'm assuming is the scheduling so everybody can watch the national championship game, which is smart on their part. But the Magic will play on the road against the Charlotte Hornets. And they will be keeping a very close eye on the Miami Heat Brooklyn Nets game there. That's four playoff teams that are or that's four teams that are two in the playoffs, two trying to get in. And Detroit, I think is Detroit. They Detroit Pistons are playing that night as well. They are playing the lowly Knicks, who could play spoiler here possibly, depending on what happens. And that'll be night two of a back to back for the Pistons as they're playing Memphis. There's a lot of scenarios going around out there. But if you're a Magic fan, you're rooting for the Heat and you're rooting for your Magic to get the win over a very, very good team that is the Hornets, and they're trying to make the playoffs as well. So no easy walk here to end the season. No taking it easy on that final night. you got to win if you want to get – because to me it's the difference between – traveling to Toronto or traveling to Philadelphia. So there's a big difference there. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a difference, a difference there. And, 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 you know, it's, it's maybe not as pronounced as some might say. Um, Orlando actually played 
both Philadelphia and Toronto very well this year. And, and, and I know regular season series maybe doesn't matter as much, but you know, I think Orlando, Orlando's main goal in these last three days of the regular season is probably to make sure they avoid Milwaukee. Um, I think everyone at this point wants to avoid Milwaukee because Milwaukee um, is this juggernaut that, that can probably uh, beat anyone at this, at this point um, in, in the Eastern Conference. But, um, you know, I, I, think, I think trying to get up to six is definitely a goal worth pursuing for, for Orlando. Um, Toronto, I think, is really hitting their stride. Right now, they're playing some, some exceptionally good basketball. Danny Green was a problem for the Magic when they played last time, and, and, and he's such a, a big player. And, and I think we all know Kawhi Leonard has another year that he can get to that can, that can really change that game. Meanwhile, Philadelphia's kind of muddied through this, this season a little bit. I, I don't think they've quite played up to their expectations. Certainly after the trade with, with Tobias, to acquire Tobias Harris, I, I don't think they've quite meshed as well as they thought they would. Um, the Jimmy Butler experiment has been – I would say mixed at best. Um, they're not quite the killer defensive team that they've been over the last few years. So it does feel like there, there are some weaknesses that, that this team could exploit. Um, Orlando beat Philadelphia, or Orlando tied the season series with Philadelphia 2-2, um, beating them both times at the Amway Center in, in Orlando. And, and the last time they played was um, about two weeks ago, and Orlando beat them up at home. They, they held them scoreless for nearly 10 minutes in the third and fourth quarter to win that game running away and sweep their five-game homestand before beating Miami the next night in a, in a critical game for the Magic's playoff folks there, too. Um, the other two losses up in Philadelphia came down to the last shot. Um, you know, J.J. Redick had to hit a big shot in a game in November, very early in the season, obviously. And then in the other game, Orlando just kind of went cold down the stretch and, and, and lost that game by, by a close margin as well. So the Magic, for whatever reason, whether it's because you know they have some length that they could put on Ben Simmons, um, they have guys who can kind of switch on some of their some of their guards and wings. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid does sometimes go off on Nikola Vucevic, but Nikola Vucevic gives it right back to Joel Embiid. I mean, he, he 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 drives him nuts as well defensively. This Sixers team isn't as strong defensively as as previous iterations, but then again, they probably have a playoff year the Magic do not have yet, or we don't even know if the Magic have yet. So I'm not sitting here saying the Magic are going to win any series that they're that they're going to be in. Philadelphia certainly feels like a more favorable matchup than Toronto if they want to give one of these teams some problems and something to think about in that first-round series. Well, and you look at Toronto's record. Toronto at home is 32-9, and and on the road they're 25-15. and Philly, on the other hand, 30-10 and at home. Philly plays well at home. But on the road, Philly is only 500. They're 20-20 and on the road. They really struggle on the road. And like you said, the, the wins at Amway Center for Orlando there. Orlando's hit a streak as of right now, and they're playing good basketball. And one thing with Philly, they have an amazing starting lineup. But I think they lack a lot of bench depth that they're going to need to make a run in this playoff uh, chase for them. So, you know, if I could, if if I had to pick an upset, if, if Orlando gets in and you put a gun to my head and said, hey, you have to pick a lower seed to beat a higher seed, I would almost go with Orlando, maybe over Philly, depending on – the situation and how sweet would it be to have the team that you traded Markel Fultz to come back and beat you? That would just be very as much crap as we've given Fultz on the show. Even I would have to laugh a little bit. So, but <laughs> yeah. would it, if the Magic are going to be successful moving forward in the playoffs, outside of your your normal your Vucevic, uh, who is to me the the overall leader of this team. Who's got to step up? Who's got to play better? I know Vucevic is playing great. Aaron Gordon's playing great. 
But maybe there's another player that we haven't really talked about that could be new to the team that stepped in and done well or or, or has some experience. Who's got to step up for the Magic as they go into the playoffs outside of Vucevic and Aaron Gordon? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think obviously they're going to need all – I mean, the Magic are, are kind of – if you've ever seen that episode of The Simpsons where – the doctor explains that, that Mr. Burns has this thing called Three Stooges Syndrome where he has all the diseases, but they're all trying to cram through the door that none of them get through. And so if you cure one of the diseases, they all come in. The Magic is kind of like that. They're going to need everyone to play well. Their margin for error, and anybody Steve Clifford would admit this, their margin for error is very, very small. If they do you know, one or two, two things, even minor things, wrong or, or not quite up to speed, they, they, they're very much the same 25-win team that they were last year. They haven't played that way in several months, granted. I mean, I think they've had maybe two losses by more than 10 points in, in, since, since January 9th or something like that. They don't, they don't, they don't beat themselves, and, and that's, that's definitely why they're in this playoff positioning. But, you know, it always feels a little precarious at times. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're certainly not going to be used to a playoff atmosphere, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if game one on the road they get a little overwhelmed and they get, they get to be pretty handily in game one. I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if, if the environment becomes a little much for them uh, in, in that opening game. By the same token, I think they could easily win game three by like 20, 25 points because of, because of the boost of the environment that, that they'll get from the Amway Center crowd. Um, but um, I, I think the guy that, that has to step up, and, and, and by step up here, I don't mean necessarily score a lot of points. I just mean be consistent. Um, if the Magic want to have any success in the postseason, they're going to need Jonathan Isaac to really look like Jonathan Isaac's sixth overall pick. Um, you know, like, it, like just, just really make, a, make an impact on the game. Um, you know, I think uh, too often still, and, and some of this I think is because he's young and still figuring out his way in the NBA, uh, Jonathan Isaac kind of recedes to the background. Um, you know, you kind of don't notice he's out there, even on defense. Um, he's got to make an impact on the game, whether it's making shots. He has a really good corner three if the Magic get it to him. He's got to be willing to shoot and willing to make those shots. Defensively, he's got to be flying around looking for blocks, using his length however he can. I mean, let's say they play Philadelphia. He gets switched on Ben Simmons. He has to hold his own in that matchup. So the Magic will probably have Aaron Gordon be a primary defender if that matchup comes to pass. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. Gordon will guard, guard, guard Leonard. But when Isaac switches on to that matchup, he's got to hold his own and he's got to make a, a positive impact on the game. Um, it's not again. It's not necessarily Isaac has to score 15 points or make three threes. It's not really what I'm looking for here. What I'm looking for is making a noticeable impact on the game, whether it's blocking shots, whether it's defense, whether it's steals, whether it's three pointers, whether it's running the lane on fast breaks and getting to the basket that way. They need Isaac to be a clear positive impact on the floor if they want any chance of winning these games in the playoffs. Yeah, and I love Isaac. I love what he brings. Um, I, I thought he would develop a little quicker than he has, but I still, you know, I, I can't give up on on Jonathan Isaac. I really liked him coming out of college, and this, he's he's done well in the pros, and he's only going to get better. And I think the Magic are going to be a team for the next few years. They're going to be tough. They're going to be one of those teams that we're looking at, and it's, man, this is going to be a really tough squad in the next few years. And, and they're getting there now, and they finally make the playoffs – and moving forward for them, it could be huge. Maybe they pull an upset. Who knows? But one thing I do want to bring up here about uh, Orlando is the city. How are the city reacting to the Magic getting back into the playoffs? Because this seems like 
you know, when you think of major markets, you don't think of Orlando. You don't think of that area as a big major market for the, you know, the NBA. What's what's the city's reaction right now to the Orlando Magic finally getting back to the postseason? Well, uh, the the playoff tickets went on sale about two hours two hours ago. We're, we're recording this at around five o'clock in the afternoon here on Monday. Um, playoff tickets went on sale Monday. Um, you know, only a few hours before we recorded this. Um, the last that I had heard from the following people on Twitter trying to get tickets to, to game three and four, only single seat, seats remain. Like, you can't buy wow. two, seats, two seats together anymore. Um, it, it's, I, I, I've been saying this just from my interaction with Magic fans, that this city is, is ready to cheer for this team. They want this team to give them a reason to, to cheer for them, to show up at games. Um, and you know, I think for a team that struggled as much as the Magic have, their attendance has been pretty okay. It's been pretty good. Um, they, they finished, you know, slightly below the league, the league median, uh, below like the 15, 16, there's like been 17th or 18th uh, in, in total attendance for the last few years. Um, a lot of that is because the Magic have more aggressively marketed to tourists. I mean, you'll hear, you'll hear shout-outs to Brazil a lot and Argentina a lot, and, and, and kudos to the Magic for running their business that way. But from my interaction with fans, and, and even just seeing how passionate Orlando fans have become about UCF, um, you know, the, 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 the national champions from last year. From last year. And yes, I, I spent that night with that. Um, oh, listen the, uh, to you the, throwing some shade. <laughs> um, the the, the Orlando, Orlando City soccer, um, you know, if, if you watch MLS at all, if you've watched Orlando City, as bad as that team has been, they have one of the more, most passionate fan bases and, and passionate fans and and best soccer atmospheres in the United States, um, and, and I, I would probably say, I would definitely say you know one of the top soccer soccer atmospheres in the United States. This is a city that's really started to come into its own and, and mature on its own. I think um, we're not they're not just a tourist town anymore. Um, they've got longtime residents. They got people who want to go to these games. And what's been really unfortunate about this, this rebuild is it came at a really critical time in the lives of a lot of people where they're ready and willing to spend on season tickets but the team didn't give them a reason to spend. The team didn't give them a reason to show up because it's so hard to, to, to support a team that's winning only 25 games a year and not, not even clearing 30 games. So now that the Magic have made the playoffs, you're really starting to see fans get really into it. Um, there was, you know, uh, one, of, one, of the, one of my Twitter followers, um, you know, a, a really good fan, fan site and has done a good job connecting with fans. Um, there was a report around the All-Star break that the Magic had the lowest TV, local TV ratings of any team in the league. And you kind of expect that from a losing team. And, Mag- and I don't know when they cut off their numbers, when they stopped their numbers, but a lot of Magic fans took offense to that. And, and you know, we're just reporting facts and we're just throwing that out there. Um, a lot of fans took, took offense to that um, and, and started a hashtag. It was a Magic TV challenge. And all of a sudden, like, my timeline, everyone's timeline was started filling with people from around the world and, and in Orlando taking photos of themselves watching Magic games on TV. Even taking photos of themselves in the arena with the hashtag Magic TV Challenge. Uh, Fox Sports Florida reported today that TV ratings for the entire season are up 4% over last year. And really, you know, I think a lot of that is a strong surge. Last night's game was the second against Boston with the, with the Magic clinched the playoff spot. You know, going up against, yeah, going up against WrestleMania and a lot of other big events like the, the Women's National Championship game over in Tampa was the second highest rated game of the season for the Magic. Fans, you know, it, it took them a little while, I think, to really believe that this team was going to make the playoffs. 
Um, I think a lot of people have been scarred, and, and there's a little bit of a woe is me belief about Magic fans. You know, they're, they're a little slow to believe because they've been hurt a lot by this team, especially of late. But they, I think they're really buying into this team now. Um, you know, they sold out the Amway Center for the last two games against the, the Knicks and the Hawks. Not exactly murderer's row. The game on the, the Magic's final regular season home game on Friday against the Hawks was a, 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 a boisterous and loud arena. It felt like a playoff game against the Atlanta Hawks. And the Magic went out and scored 149 49 points. They put on a huge show. Um, the Magic are, you know, are taking root again, and I think they're going to have a, an electric atmosphere at the Amway Center for games three and four. Yeah, I think you're right on that. It's going to be a great time, and I'm glad that you're getting to experience it after talking to us all season and being our man covering the Magic. And don't worry, Magic fans, if you missed WrestleMania a little bit, don't worry, you still caught at least five hours of the action. You only missed about three hours. So, you know, no big deal there. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you just, enjoy just, WrestleMania, just Phil? Just watch the, the SmackDown Tag Team match. Shane and Miz, Kofi Mania, and Becky Lynch, and you're fine. You know, honestly, you're you're pretty much right. You're you're pretty much dead on there. I'll even give a nod to, um, I will give a nod to the uh, the opening match between uh, Tony Nese and Buddy oh, Murphy. Yeah, you yeah. need to check that out. That was a good oh, that one. Was, oh, the Buddy, yeah, the, I, I thought I thought the Tony Buddy Murphy match was fantastic. Um, you know, I remember when WrestleMania was, was in Orlando. The Neville Austin Aries match was fantastic, and it sucked it was, that it was done it was. at a half empty, half empty stadium uh, to where no one was watching because those guys killed it. I thought Tony, I thought Tony Nese, Buddy Murphy was a, a, a really good match, one of, one of the top matches on the card all night. And, and I thought, I thought you were going to say this. I thought the Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar match was fantastic, a great way to open the show as well. Get, yeah, get it, one raw match. yeah. I mean, honestly, we talked. Me and some some buddies talked about it last night. The raw matches were the matches we didn't really want to see that much. We were more concerned with, you know, every match that was really good on the card was almost all exclusive to SmackDown, which doesn't really surprise me that much. But it is what it is, and uh, you know, we're recording this on Monday, so we can't talk about the Raw after Mania, but. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens tonight. I got a feeling we're going to get new Raw Tag Team Champions tonight. That's just a, a little feeling I have. And you, uh, you said that I, you said that off air. Yes, I did. I, I, I will put myself on record. Um, I, I think the I think the undisputed era walks out the Raw Tag Team Champions after tonight. I wouldn't be mad if they did. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight. Uh, as as you all are hearing this, it's much later afterwards. So this is our preview here so you already know what happened so let's see if Philip's right but Philip again thank you for coming on and we will have you back actually real soon if you you want to come back on maybe after game three or game four of the uh, playoff series we'd love to have you back on and talk about about the end of magic being back in the playoffs and maybe even keeping the series competitive and we'll see where it ends up but thank you for jumping on here and talking with us just let our listeners know where they can find you yeah, definitely. The best place to find me is on orlandomagicdaily.com. That's where you can find all my writing. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. And definitely check out my podcast, Locked on Magic. We'll be doing a lot of playoff reaction and preview this week as we, we get ready for the playoffs. Can't wait. Follow Philip. It's, if you're an Orlando Magic fan, if you're just a basketball fan, follow Philip. He does a great job keeping you informed with everything that's going on Orlando Magic. And I wouldn't know half of what I know about the Magic without him. So thank you again, Philip, for jumping on. And you're always welcome here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And we will have you back very, very soon.
Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me on as always. Always. Thanks, man. No problem. Thank you. Philip was wrong. There were no new Raw Tag Team Champions on Monday night. <laughs> uh, no, there wasn't. <laughs> no, unfortunately. But, Tim, my God, what really? a show. What a show. Absolutely really? jam-packed. Is it over? Um, almost. <laughs> oh, man. I was just starting to get in I do. Way. I do want to bring up uh, Dwayne Wade in his final game in the NBA Going out with a triple-double. So, how about that for D-Wade? Can't argue that. Uh, no, not at all. Looks oh, like, yeah. from the, the look of things right the now, Knicks the Nets are the Knicks are going to get are getting their ass kicked. So, it looks like you're going to end up with this as the seeding. Looks like you're going to get Brooklyn at the 6 after they defeat the Heat. Orlando will stay at the 7, and Detroit – will lock down the eight seed. So your series is looking like Milwaukee and Detroit, Toronto, Orlando, Philly and Brooklyn, Boston, and Indiana in the East. As for the West, we'll have to wait and see how tonight goes. We won't have those results. But you'll know them by tomorrow, I'm sure, as we listen in on this. So those are some of the updates there that uh, we lose two legends, but it was uh, we're getting ready for the playoffs. So, been a good night indeed indeed it has also i must i must say i'm i'm looking forward to watching uh the playoffs on my giant screen television oh absolutely as you should i hope you were able to catch that blue jackets comeback as they were down three nothing came back and won the game i did and as an update because i know you're a penguins fan the penguins just just went behind three to two yeah, and but, well, but, let me, for, but let me tell you, I kind of root for Pitt, both Columbus and Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Island Islanders are beating the living stuffings out of one another. There is going to be some serious, serious ice bag usage after tonight's game because oh, talk yeah. about talk about a wrestling contest! Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be huge. Moving forward in, the, in both the NBA and NHL playoffs, man, I hate that they run together. It kills me. I, it kills me. It really does. And, well, and, and there's so many teams that you, you they can't even get on board and go. You know, we'll play all the hockey games Thursday. You play basketball Friday. We'll play Saturday, Sunday. Trade off. Yeah. They can't even do that. They can't even do that. There's games no. every night. Um, unfortunately, as much as this is a basketball show. Uh, my leanings. Although uh, where I'm at, I'm kind of lucky. I can watch the uh, uh, the late the late games that are really late for you aren't late for me. Yeah, yeah, you West Coasters. That's where you, you know, guys have the advantage. Yeah, I can watch the uh, the uh, seven o'clock game for you is five for me, and that's fine. And then that late one that's you know the ten o'clocker for you is <laughs> like even tonight in the NHL. There's a game at eight thirty uh, Mountain. Well, nobody's staying up yeah. at 10. You know, you got to be pretty diehard to stay up till 1030. Oh. I'm not going to say I haven't done it for games before, but I have. So thank you guys out there for listening and keeping up with us here at Wide Men Can't Jump. We had an, another great show for you. 
Sorry we couldn't get some of your favorite segments in tonight. We'll bring them back next week. I know everybody okay, loves sorry. our random draft pick segments. I know everybody loves the Bush League segments, but you know what? We just had a jam-packed show tonight that we hey. just had to we had to We're get all of our have, stuff. Uh, look forward to Bush League, the playoff edition. Mm, that's going to be fun. Looking forward to that. But I do want to thank Mark Winkler from 107, or excuse me, 105.7 FM in Milwaukee, Philip Rossman Wright from Orlando Magic Daily, and T.R. Shock from the local strip club and breakfast bar. I want to thank all of them for jumping on with us tonight. <laughs> I'm kidding, T.R. I'm kidding. I love you, T.R. T.R. is the man. Up. Glad to have him back as well. definitely in a strip club. You could hear him flicking loonies. <laughs> silver dollars. Silver dollars in your case in America. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but thank you guys for listening in. We this is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and Cambay.com. Oh, and Mr. Ed Vogus. Uh, yes. If you're when, I, if when you hear this, and I know you will, it's a matter of how soon. Drop us a line on the Weidman uh, Twitter if you want to put it in the private message. Go ahead. Uh, I want to know if you're available for the. Uh, he's a baseball guy, isn't he? And so is Nick Hoff. Nick Armando. Yeah. Guys, uh, lend us a hand. Uh, I'm not the biggest baseball guy in the world, so a little help. Uh, you know, you want to talk some baseball, I'm all for it, but I'm going to need some guys who uh, know what the hell they're talking about because I don't. Well, that would so, definitely not be Nathan Bush. So, well, I know, I know a bit. I know, a, I know a bit, but it's been a long time since I followed baseball, and I'm not up on uh, a lot of the up and coming players. I I don't know who they are, so. Uh, somebody Absolutely. who's current, somebody who's current would be nice, and uh, we'll see if we can't get a little bit of baseball going. Seeing as the hockey just doesn't seem to interest enough people, so I'll still do the well, hockey show, but but we'll maybe we'll get on the baseball bandwagon and see if we can't. Maybe we will. But we do want to thank our sponsors, law offices of Stephen P. New and Cambay. dot com. Thanks to all you for listening out there. We're on iTunes, Podcast, Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere you find podcasts. Check us out on WideMenCan'tJump.com. The women's t-shirts are officially up. I have to do a correction on one of the pictures, but the pictures are up. Women's t-shirts are now on the site and available. Thank you, Rachel Miller, for modeling those. We put those up. I've seen one of the ladies' shirts in the flesh. That's a nice shirt. I almost wish the men's they're, shirts were, were done that way. Almost. They're very nice. I actually enjoy I, the shirts. I like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, high quality. I was very impressed with the quality of the printing on said shirts. Yeah. All right. Well, that's everything for tonight. NBA playoffs heading your way next week. We will be back next week, as always. Tim from Canada, send us out of here. Daddy, it's me, little T.I. So I understand you want to try to keep me in my present incarceration. Well, I got news for you. You might know Linda McMahon, but my buddy Timmy, my my stepdaddy Timmy, he doesn't know Ted Turner. Ted really, really wants to get even after that whole wrestling debacle. So I got news for you. I'll be coming home in a week, and let me tell you, if you don't treat me right, I'm going to be a man. Uh, what, what's the word for being separated from your parents? It's what I'm going to do. And then you can send me a check every month. See how you like it, you big dummy. I hate the Eagles. I hate the 76ers. 
I hate the Flyers. I hate the Phillies. I hate everything. If they got a soccer team, if they do, I hate them too. Daddy, I don't like you very much right now. You, Viva la Canada. Peace. I ain't even gotta say it. That's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Static, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WideBeanCanJump.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEBEAN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Man Radio Network.